praise God. It is definitely a pleasure to be in Hutchinson, Kansas. I thought I was going to have to put a sail on my truck to get here. Get blown in. But uh, it is a privilege of ours to be here with you and your fine pastor. And I thank God for this man. I'm going to tell you what, I've been on the road for four months now and I wish there was a whole bunch of brother elders out there. That's right. I know sometimes it's hard to appreciate the syrup when you're so close to the bowl, but you get out of ways, I'll tell you what. You get to appreciate men of truth and men of balance. Hallelujah. That's right. I need to back up and hit that one again. This is the most important man in the city. It ain't the mayor, friend. It's the man of God that's, that preaches the word of God in spirit and in truth. Balance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people that are trying to do a high, high wire act without balance. You can't do it without spirit and truth. That's right. If you're going to do the high wire act, you better get in a place that's got balance, and this church has got it. Amen. We believe in a move of God, but we don't have sloppy truth around here. We've got gun barrel truth. That keeps the gun barrel pure, clean, so you can hit the mark every time. Hallelujah. Well, I'm getting started on that holiness message already. <laughs> I don't want nobody cutting my paycheck. No, I'm just kidding. We're not here for money. We're here to do the work of God. I'm telling you what, you bring a sinner into a situation where hands are lifted and mouths are open and hearts are unveiled with the power of God Almighty and they come to their knees. Tears begin to flow. Speaking in other tongues is uttered forth because Jesus said, when I am lifted up, I will draw. I will draw. I will draw. Just knock on the door. Just give them a ride. Just get them here and let Jesus do the drawn. Hallelujah. Some of us have equated the work of God with work in the flesh and you get the wrong concept. Hallelujah. You let God do the work. It's a pleasure and a blessing to be used by God Almighty. And Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. And said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner, whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Whenever a preacher stands at a pulpit and seeks to please the people instead of God, people will invariably always make the wrong decision. Hallelujah. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Who will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called the Christ? For he knew that for envy they, being the Pharisees, had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes 
that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They, said Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. Verse 25, Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scored Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Drawing your attention to the book of Joshua. Man, I just feeling like God is already flying around here. Some people don't think that God's moving unless there's a jump and a shout, but God's just as much here as He was when this thing started. Hallelujah! Joshua 24. That's the mark of a good church, man. When you hear Bible pages, it sounds like a roar. Hallelujah! Joshua 24 and verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth and put away the God, small g, which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve you the Lord. Verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. The name of the message tonight, the power of choice in the hands of the unexpecting. The power of choice in the hands of the unexpecting. God, we love you. We praise you. We stand in your awesome presence tonight. Father, there are those tonight, God, that are in a mode of unrightness. Hallelujah. They've been told lies by the prince of the power of the air. In the name of Jesus, Father, we arrest every force of darkness that would hinder their mind for making a rational decision for you. Hallelujah. Father, we pray that the power of God enter every mind and every heart, allowing the Word of God to make entrance into the human heart. We ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say, Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And let's give the Lord a hand praise. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The power of choice in the hands of the unexpecting. Before I get into my message tonight, I wanted to read to you some t statistics. I probably, like you, have grown weary of most statistics because they seem irrelevant. Um, but I'm sure that you will draw the conclusion that these are very relevant. Did you know that 19 out of every 20 Christians do so before the age of 25? This is part of a test that was done. A, uh, a test was done by a denominal group to find out when people come to God and when people actually make their transformation to the Lord in their quote-unquote denominal terms. And they found that 19 out of every 20 Christians do so before the age of 25. After the age of 25, 1 in 10,000 people makes a decision for Jesus Christ. After the age of 35, 1 in 50,000 people 
makes a decision for the Lord Jesus. After the age of 45, one in 200,000. At the age of 55, one in 300,000 people makes a decision to allow Jesus Christ into their heart. At the age of 65, one in 500,000 people. And at the age of 75, one in 700,000 people, according to a denominal study, make a decision for Jesus Christ. If you're within the sound of my voice tonight, you are considered among all men to probably be the most fortunate in our world today. I'm told that two-thirds of the United Pentecostal Church sleeps on dirt floors. I didn't see anybody here without shoes. I didn't see anybody without a shirt on your back, clothing on your back. We are a privileged few. We are a group of people that have allowed God to enter into our lives. And you've allowed God, whether you knew it or not, sir or ma'am, to allow you to be here tonight. I implore you to allow the Word of God to take its effect. In Matthew chapter 27, in your hearing, I was describing probably one of the greatest aspects of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. How that he was delivered at the hands of wicked men under the Roman consulate to be crucified. Hallelujah. We see that decisions were made. Choices were made. Jesus was placed into the hands of men that had already had a made up mind. A heart that had been purposed to do evil. History is a record of decisions. Some good and some bad. Our lives are the sum total of our decisions and their consequences. There are people sitting here tonight that you're living for God or you may not be living for God. That the precious coins of your life have slipped through the hole in your pocket and they've fallen down into the ground of no return. Oh, you live in a life of regret and guilt, but God is here to change the page of your life if you'll allow Him. The human character is the finished product of our choices, crystallized, set, and hardened into a pattern that we've lived in day in and day out. According to Revelations 22 and verse 11, the Bible says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And this picture in Revelations chapter 22, which is the finality of all holy writ, we see that when you enter that place before God himself, there's no more chances to undo all the life choices that you have made. All the characterization that's been molded and set indelibly into human compunction and human heart. It's no turning back. Every situation that you wish you could undo and maybe get into the blood. Oh, let me hear the gospel one more time. Friend, there'll be no more chances. There'll be more second chances, no more time for choice. Because God says, let him that is unjust be unjust still. History is made up of men's choices. Some are good and some are bad. If time would allow us tonight, we could dissect every leader's life throughout history. And we could boil it all down and find out the impact that his choices made upon mankind. Some that were good, some that were bad. But no doubt they altered the course of innocent lives. The Bible is the greatest record that we have of decisions known to man. It begins with God's choice of his own will to create man in his own image and giving him dominion and power to man. I want to stop here long enough to tell you that the two by four world that you're living in, which is pain and agony and discomfort and depression, is not the way that God had intended for you and I in which to live. But when man chose to sin against God and to disobey the word and the revealed will of God, then the consequences brought where you and I are at tonight. 
The worst choice of all time was made by a woman named Eve and a man named Adam. Hallelujah. By listening to the lies of the devil, by listening to the lies of the king of error, they listened to his wicked intrigue and they took of the apple. They listened and made a choice. I want you to listen tonight that the word of God, as it goes across this pulpit, every human being here tonight will be faced with a choice. And what you do with that will determine where you will spend your eternity. The Bible tells me that it's appointed man once to die and then the judgment. And there's no turning back. There's no going back over the leaflets of your past and saying, God, let me do it again. So hearken to the word of God tonight. Hallelujah. Upon listening to the lies and deceit of eat of the devil, Eve saw that the fruit was good and desired to make one wise, and she chose to eat. She chose to disobey God. But God didn't just end right there. God could have said, I'm going to destroy man that I have created. But God didn't choose to do that. God chose to slay an animal and to cover them with animal skins, which is a biblical type and precedent for the shedding of blood, for the remission of sins. It was God's choice that always covered man's sin. It ain't your choice you're here. There's a God that's allowed you to be here tonight because he loves you and he's chose you from the foundations of the world. Let's put our hands together for the king of glory. Hallelujah. All of humanity down through the gun barrel of time has been affected by the choice made by Adam and Eve, the decision to disobey the living God. God could have chosen even after they had children and there was a murder under the roof of their house that I'm going to slaughter them. I'm going to do away with them. But God didn't choose to do that. But God chose to give Adam and Eve a promise that eventually the seed of the woman is going to crush the devil's head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God made a choice as a repercussion to man's sin and it's still alive tonight the choice that you have to live for a God that calls you out of darkness unto his marvelous light hallelujah God chose to make provision God chose to give a promise talking of the Savior that was to deliver the crushing blow. God made a decision. God made a righteous response to the inability of deceitful man. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 and 14 speaking of the Lord Jesus says who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through the blood even the forgiveness of sins God's decision to provide an atonement over the power of sin was God's choice and God's choice alone you and I didn't have nothing to do with it but while we were in yet sin Christ died for the un godly Christ died for them that were lower than low and in the guttermost and in the uttermost the living sanctity of God was in Jesus Christ man you ought to be getting excited about this this is a lifesaver to a cesspool of a world we can't get too used to darkness we got to be cut and dry 
Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman and made under the law. It was God's choice. It was God's decision to correct what man had fouled up. That in the fullness of God's plan, he would send a Son. Hallelujah. The Bible also says that but God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Hey, if you can't get excited about nothing, get excited about the fact that he loved you. Even you are stinking and rotten and dirty. Hallelujah. Is one of those mine? This is a two-mile man. He just gave me two glasses of water. Two-mile man in a one-mile world. The reason some of you can't get excited about that is you've been listening to the lies of the devil. Some of you slipped along the way and you've allowed the devil to integrate his lies into your heart and let you know that you can't go on and you can't function as part of my body. I'm here to curse that lying spirit. You can be set on a rock because the Lord Jesus Christ has shed blood to remit that sin. It wasn't your choice. It was his choice. Oh, yes, he did. From front to back, I've got a message for you tonight. God wants to set you on a rock. Hallelujah. It ain't what you did. It's what he did. It ain't your sin. It's his blood. It ain't your unbelief. It's his faithfulness. It ain't your disobedience. It's his obedience unto death. Because of the choice that God made for us. Shatalavamohoya. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to tell you what. We're going to give the devil fits around here if you'll let God do what he wants to do in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's going to be signs and wonders and miracles around this place for the next two weeks. You ought to write up a little prayer request and say, God, the devil will tell you, oh, you can't fast. The devil will tell you, well, you haven't prayed. The devil will remind you of something you did that's already under the blood to give you a million reasons why you can't believe a God that's already made the choice. I want you. Even if you didn't want me, I still wanted you. My God, some of you ought to shake off some of the scales of your eyes and believe God for this word tonight. Hallelujah. And so Adam and Eve made a choice, but God countered it with a choice. And all of mankind has been handed like a smoking pistol, handed into the feeble hands of humanity, the power of choice. And the choices you will make, the faithfulness or unfaithfulness, will set the course and the standard for the rest of your life, the rest of your eternity. 
I believe that the reason that there's weeping and gnashing and teeth on the other side of darkness is because the very worst torment of all is to know that you cannot undo and you cannot go back. You cannot turn back the, the pages of your life and instead of having it stained and tallowed that you can make that thing white with the precious blood of Jesus. That's why tonight is the most important night of your life. It can never be done over. It can never happen again. We cannot retrieve this precious presence of God that we feel here tonight. Soak it up for your own good. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet if you want to. Do something to let God know you're in on where he's at. Some of you have made your choice already tonight. Please, I implore you, listen to the word of God. He's not done. Please be seated. And so we see that the precious coins of the power of choice were passed from one generation to the next until in the fullness of times God sent forth his son made of a woman. Jesus had already made up his mind. Jesus had already made up his set course was to redeem you and I here tonight. But there was a man by the name of Pilate there was a man that was a Gentile. All of us in this building tonight, unless you're of Jewish lineage, you are a Gentile. And Lord, this is over tonight. You're going to be able to identify with this man, Pilate. Pilate was a Gentile. Uh, before the Pharisees, the scribes, and the evil priests delivered Jesus Christ into his court, Pilate no doubt entered the day like any other day. No doubt he got up with the thoughts of things that needed to be done. The uh, Maybe the little the little centurions that had to be sent here and there and the signing of papers or whatever. But the power of choice was placed into Pilate's hand this day. He was unexpected. He did not expect to greet Jesus Christ. He did not expect to put his very salvation and eternity into his own hands. But we see that Pilate and Jesus Christ had an encounter. Hallelujah. The very first thing that Pilate asked the Lord Jesus Christ is art thou the king of the Jews? I want to tell you something tonight. If there's one area where the devil has come against the church of the living God, it is the identity of Jesus Christ. There's people that if they really knew what we had, if they really knew that this was the only boat that's floating, that they'd be beating the doors down. But they don't really know the identity of the God that you and I serve here tonight. They're like Pilate. They were asking a lot of questions and they didn't get no answers because he listened to the crowd. He listened to the mocking voice. He listened to the voice of darkness that polluted his thinking. And Pilate picked up the gauntlet of judgment and began to point his long and bony finger into the face of Jesus Christ, not knowing that what stood before him was the caricature and the framework of God Almighty. But can you believe that the power of choice, like a smoking pistol, was placed in his hand and was going to be pointed at his own head for eternity? He never really got to know who Jesus Christ was. Hallelujah. Friend of mine tonight, 
if you've had an opportunity to understand oneness or if you had an opportunity to be here tonight listen to this preacher you are in the confines of the living truth what the bible that's preached across this pulpit can take you from here to joy can take you from depression to peace can take you from fear to love some people say the greatest two forces are love and hate but they're not love and hate it's love and fear because perfect love casts out fear and some of you are afraid Pilate sought his very own validation through the personage and identity of Jesus Christ but at this late date in Jesus ministry he was not giving any answers Pilate had no idea that he was standing before the king of kings and lord of lords he was a player on the greatest play that was ever played and there was no calling back his script God had challenged it for eternity but Pilate sought validation for his very own heart I'm told that the Romans had great disagreement with the Jewish leaders there was always skirmishes in the kingdom and Pilate no doubt grew tire, tireless of squilching all these problems and he didn't even want to try the situation which should have come under Jewish law and Jewish customs because Jesus was accused of being a blasphemer Hallelujah, because he made himself equal with God. But we that are within the Holy Ghost, we know what our master was doing. We know what the star of the program was living out for you and I. Because he made a choice. Hallelujah. 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 Another thing to get the master moved was, hear us not the voice of the false witnesses. Our world is barking at the doors of every human heart. Buy our gospel, buy our doctrine, buy into our little group. You can be saved, you can spend eternity on heaven, you can spend eternity on earth. We'll feed you all that later, just come in, listen to it. The false witnesses that vie for human attention. Hallelujah. You don't understand it tonight. You need to listen to this preacher in the Holy Ghost. That there are voices that greet you in the darkness of your night. And you lay there and look at the ceiling. And the voice, the mocking voice of fear and doubt has reaped your soul. I'm here to tell you that the living and true witnesses says the promises of God are yea and amen. Hallelujah. What he's able to call out, he's able to keep. But Pilate, Pilate at this point had forgotten the Jewish rulers because the Bible says that he knew for envy they had delivered Jesus up. He was seeking his own validation. Who are you, Jesus? Can't you hear the false witnesses that lie against you? The reason some of you haven't got in here with both your feet on the ground is the devil's gotten a wedge in your life and he's allowed that to become a great wedge of darkness. You need to speak unto the mountain tonight and say, be thou removed. I'm getting in this thing like I'm supposed to be. I'm going to get all the light that I've got. But I just read to you how that when you get older, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You can't lead an older horse to water. You can't do these things when you're old in years make your mind up now and make the choice that you can live in eternity for joy the power of choice in the hands of the unexpecting the witness that the devil provides the world is a mock 
There's some of you in this room tonight, you've got financial straits, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're going to do. I'm going to tell you what. When I decided to get right with God, I got instantaneous job. God will provide an open door if you'll play straight. I've seen miracle, man, I've seen people's complete worlds turn around. Cars become visibly resurrected. Jobs. That's right. I see new converts come in and never had a lick of sense. After the first night, they could blow away the biggest theologian on earth. Why? Because the power of God from the ages past and the ages present and the ages future dwells within the bosom of saplings and sucklings. Why is it when we get older, we lose the fragility of our sensitivity with God? Pilate's frustration with not finding out the identity and after listening to the false witnesses finally turned to the world for his answer. There's a few of you here tonight that you've lived in that world. You're sick of it. I'm going to tell you what, you got your best friend is behind this microphone right now because I know exactly where you're at. You're, you say, well, I'm just a visitor. I'm a visitor too. A couple weeks I'll be gone. But I'm here to tell you tonight that this place offers you the peace and security that you've never had. Your bankrupt soul and your mind that doesn't know what direction to go. You need peace on your sea of life. Let Jesus Christ, the God that I serve, speak peace. Be still to your torrid ocean. But you've listened to the world. You've listened to the false witness. Pilate in his age of desperation said, Whom shall I release unto you? The Jewish custom to release a prisoner. To represent the Passover. The Passover. And he was asking the Jews to represent the Passover. They're passing through the Red Sea onto the other side, having their, their, their bondsmen buried in the sea. He turned to the Jews and said, Who will you that I release unto you? Because the Jewish custom said to represent the Passover, that there would be a prisoner released. That was the commemoration of them being released from imprisonment themselves in Egypt. Hallelujah. But the Jews cried out, give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. I never knew this until just recently what the, what the word Barabbas really means. See, Pilate was undecided. So he asked the group. And then after the group said, crucify Jesus and give us Barabbas, the man that was undecided said, why? What evil has Jesus done? How fitting. When you find out what Barabbas really means, friend, and what the Jews chose it's going to make your hair stand on end Barabbas was the son of the father 
but it wasn't the son of our father. Barabbas was being held as a robber, a murderer, and bringing division. Jesus said in John chapter 10 that the thief cometh not for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Barabbas totally represented the devil's will. The power of choice in an unexpected hand, but they chose the devil. God, in his own miraculous way, was still reaching for Pilate. Pilate, no doubt, went back to his throne, shaking his head, his head well furrowed by worry marks in his hands now. God brought a divine dream to his wife. And through the miraculous power of the Holy Ghost, no doubt, planted a dream in her life. And she said to the king, Have nothing to do with this just man, for I have suffered because of him. But even the supernatural could not sway the decision because Pilate ultimately listened to the world for his answer. And in his desperation and before you leave tonight, you will make this decision. Friend, listen to me. Every ear, I want you to listen to this next statement if you don't get anything else. Listen, church. Listen, visitor. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? Pilate searching questions as he looked back into the crowd. They said, crucify Jesus and give us Barabbas. The Bible doesn't ever say again whether Pilate actually obeyed the gospel. Holy Writ never discloses whether Pilate bent his knee as after the goodness of God brought him to repentance, whether he was ever baptized in Jesus' name or filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible does tell me that after the decision was made, he washed his hands in his own water because his eternity had been sealed forever. The power of choice in the unexpecting hand. You didn't come here tonight to know that you, God was going to ask you to make a decision. What will you do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? His identity has been established. The false witness has been identified in your life. We've disclosed that the world is in darkness and lies to you day in and day out. And this Jesus Christ, who I, before you stand, am letting you know He's God of all gods and King of all kings, Lord of all lords, the Maker of peace, the bringer of joy, the bringer of righteousness to your torn life. You're saying, preacher, what do I have to do? Jesus said that you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. And then, and only then, can you enter into the kingdom of God. You need to understand the other side of the story. Pilate's gone. Pilate's gone for eternity. He blew his choice. But you're still under the sound of my voice. Jesus said, be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost and enter the kingdom of God. Let's stand.
Nobody move in or out, please, unless you go into the restroom. Every eye closed, every head bowed. For the sake of communication, I'm going to ask that just everybody be silent, please. You didn't come here tonight thinking you were going to be faced with the power of choice. What hinders you from deciding for Jesus? Whatever hinders you from making the decision for Christ falls under one of the four groups that we talked about tonight. Either you're influenced by the world. What's everybody else going to think? What's, mom, what's my boss? What's my girlfriend? What's my dad? What's my mom going to think if I make a decision for Jesus Christ? But I want you to know that God's already made the decision to love you before you even got here tonight. He's decided to give you all healing. He's decided to give you all power. He's decided to give you the measure of power and success over the end of the challenges every day of your life. He's already decided to give your soul the victory that it needs. You need peace tonight, man. You don't have your life, but Jesus Christ does. That's what all this is about. There's some saints here tonight that you need to make a choice all over again with God. Before this revival's through, we need to have victory from wall to wall around here. Not that I'm anybody special, but you serve the living God. He's already made the choice. What hinders you from making the choice for Him? I'm opening up this altar to those that want to make a choice for Jesus. For those of you that want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You see, before you... The, the footsteps to take out of here, you take out of here. You will have already made your choice. What are you going to do with Jesus? Walk out on Him again? You have no guarantees for tomorrow, friend. The Bible says that the appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. But what's all my friends going to think? There's going to be people that are coming into these walls this, these next couple weeks that want to hear some glittery little story about how good rock and roll was. That's a bunch of puke. I'll give you the facts. Sin is black and it'll send you to hell. But the glory of God is white light and it'll take you to an eternity of joy and bliss. You say, preacher, I can't get a hold of it. It's unbelievable. You've, lit you've listened to the false witness. What's everybody going to think? You've listened to the, what the world says. I don't know who Jesus is. You're confused on His identity. We've got the answers tonight. Not that I'm anybody special, but God will unveil Himself in living color to your soul tonight in the Holy Ghost if you will obey the Gospel. But the choice is yours. This altar's open.
those of you that want to come and make a consecration dedication very good young man God's been tailing that boy there's some of you there's some saints here that you you don't have to be afraid of this preacher I'm just I'm just wanting to serve God God don't do anything to embarrass or hurt us he's reaching because he loves you he's already provided you to have victory a conqueror You going to let Barabbas be released in your life? Are you going to let God release his love in your life? You're saying, preacher, I don't know how to do it. I want it, but I don't know what to do. If you'll just step out, no one's going to smother you. We just want to lead you to the feet of Jesus Christ and let Him take over. We're not God. We don't proclaim to be. We know God. It's that simple. Hallelujah. God bless you, young man. God's been working on you too. You see, every day that you wake up is a choice. You said, well, I was baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost a couple years ago or 20. Hey, that don't matter. It's every day. Every day you make the choice to serve God. Joshua said, choose you this day. What will you do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? Church, let's find somebody to pray with in the pews. Find somebody that's a visitor. Ask them to come forward. Hallelujah. Pray with somebody. Pray for your brother. Sister, lay hands on sister. Brother on brother. Pray for one another. That we may be healed, may be made whole, may go on in power and victory.